Welcome to The Healing Catalyst. I'm your host, Dr. Avanti Kumar Singh, and I know that Ayurveda can transform your life. How? Because it transformed mine. And the best part is, it's easier than you think. Your body has exactly what it needs to heal itself. All you need to do to enhance its healing power is to start practicing healthy routines, which I can teach you. In over 20 years of practicing both Western medicine and Eastern healing traditions, the most important thing I've learned is that healing is a journey we take together. So on this podcast, I'll be demystifying Ayurveda and other integrated medicine, showing how these simple, ancient practices are the keys to unlocking a healthy modern life. We are all healing catalysts because healing starts within. It starts with you and it starts right now. Let's get started. This is a Soulfire production. Episode number 23. Well, hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast, the Healing Catalyst podcast, that is. And welcome to summer. It's June and not only has the weather changed, but really overall the energy here in Chicago where I live has also changed as we begin to reemerge quite literally back into the world. You know, in Ayurveda, one of the guiding principles is that everything is connected. We are connected to nature, we are connected to each other, and internally our body, mind, and spirit is connected. And as I've reflected many times on this podcast since I started it over a year ago in the midst of the pandemic, this pandemic has really shown us just how connected we are to each other and to nature. And so as we're reemerging from this pandemic, I've been reflecting not only on the idea of connection externally, but also connection internally, mind, body, and spirit. You know, in Ayurveda, we believe that each of us has a mirror on the outside that reflects what's happening on the inside. Now, I'm sure you can guess what it is. Yes, the mirror is our skin. Your skin is an external reflection of your internal health. Your outer radiance is a reflection of your inner balance. And so during the month of June, I'm diving into conversations and tools and products and resources to help you heal the skin. We'll talk about the often overlooked causes of skin problems and the connections between food, movement, rest and relaxation and the health of the skin. You'll learn about skincare from both the outside in and from the inside out. Now, before I introduce you to my incredible guest today, Lisa Matam, I want to first tell you a story, a personal story about how this outer reflection of what's going on inside showed up quite literally for me just about a year ago. I had a pretty significant experience of how the skin is a mirror of our internal health last year, right before the pandemic started. It was the end of February 2020, and I had just traveled to India to go to a 14-day Ayurvedic retreat. And after three days of traveling, about 36 hours total, I finally arrived at the Ayurvedic treatment center, exhausted, but really, really excited to finally have this experience in India. 
Now, by the first evening, I was really fatigued and having some upper back pain, which is kind of unusual for me because I usually have low back pain. And this pain just intensified over the course of the day. In addition, by the evening, I also had a mild rash across my chest. And I thought maybe the oil that they had used in the Ayurvedic massage that I'd had earlier that day had caused a skin reaction. And I really didn't think much of it. Fast forward a few hours, and now it's the middle of the night, and I woke up with such intense pain across my chest, across my upper back, and radiating down my right arm. And on top of that, I had a really severe rash that was very, very painful. I had never experienced something like this before, and I just didn't understand what was happening. And so I did something that I usually don't do, which is to diagnose myself or self-diagnose. And I figured out that I had shingles. You know, I'll skip all the details, but really I quickly just figured out I had shingles, quickly wrote myself a prescription for an antiviral medication, which I then started a few hours later. Now, what I haven't told you is that for the six months leading up to this trip, I had been under a lot, a lot of stress. And with so many things happening in my personal and professional life, you know, my father-in-law had recently died. My nest was finally empty as my younger child had gone off to college. My book was in its final edits and I was about to start recording this podcast. And I mean, there were so many other things going on on top of all of that. I had literally been on the go nonstop. And my trip to India was meant to be a time for me to rest and rejuvenate but not the way I had imagined because I was resting and rejuvenating now with shingles, fatigued beyond belief and in a lot of pain. And so, yes, my skin was a mirror for what was going on inside of me. I was stretched to the max. My diet wasn't the best. My digestive fire was working on overdrive. My mind was going in a million directions with so many projects. And my emotions had been taxed with a death in the family and not having my kids at home anymore. I had a lot of change and a lot of things going on. And I had a lot of internal fire that had been building up for a very long time. And the shingles was the way the fire was trying to escape my body. And so the skin is quite literally a mirror that reflects what's going on inside. And many of you, I suspect, have experienced or are experiencing something similar, where your skin is reacting to everything that's happening within you, body, mind, and spirit, and everything that's happening outside of you, in the world as we begin to reemerge from this global pandemic. And so I was so incredibly thrilled when Lisa Matam agreed to do this interview with me today on this podcast. Lisa is an emerging natural skincare entrepreneur and the founder and creator of the evidence-based Ayurvedic skincare line, Sahajan Skincare. With Sahajan, Lisa brings together her entrepreneurial background and her knowledge from over 15 years of working in and consulting to the pharmaceutical industry to create a skincare collection that since its launch has been featured in Vogue Paris, Chatelaine, and Forbes, and is distributed in Canada and in the United States in retailers such as Indigo, The Shopping Channel, and The Home Shopping Network. Lisa was the only Canadian to be selected for Sephora's inaugural Beauty Accelerator and was named by Profit Magazine as one of the top 10 emerging women entrepreneurs in Canada. 
I was so excited to connect with Lisa on Instagram back in January because I was a huge fan of her product line. And I have to say that ever since then, I have become a huge fan of her as well for so many reasons, including our shared interest in really talking about evidence-backed Ayurveda. In my conversation with Lisa, she shares her upbringing in a South Asian family, the Ayurvedic lifestyle that she grew up with, and the skincare remedies her parents would make in the kitchen. She also shares the light bulb moment that she had when she asked herself why she was willing to use conventional skincare products that she wouldn't want her two-year-old daughter to use, and how that changed the direction of her career, from biotech and big pharma to the clean beauty and natural skincare industry. We talk about the three skincare tips that Lisa thinks are critical for healthy skin. Some of Lisa's favorite Ayurvedic skincare ingredients, including their scientific healing properties and modern medicines that they can be found in, which I found absolutely fascinating and enlightening. And she also shared two DIY Ayurvedic skincare masks that you can make at home. So make sure you keep listening until the end of the episode. And don't worry, those recipes are linked in the show notes as well. I know that you are going to learn so much from our conversation because I know I really did. Lisa is one of those rare gems who is so willing to share her knowledge. She's an expert on Ayurvedic skincare, on Ayurvedic ingredients, and Ayurvedic formulations. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today on my podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. I know that we sort of met because I started using your skincare products just because I heard about the line. And then I reached out to you. Well, actually, I think we communicated on Instagram, you know, on each other's stories and, you know, mm-hmm. posts and things. And then we DM'd each other and we had a couple conversations on the phone. And then here we are. So this has been amazing. I know it's amazing even when I think, because I think when you did first did the post, I didn't even connect when I started listening to your podcast that it was the same person until we started communicating. And I was like, oh my gosh, look, what a small world. Yeah. It's amazing what the universe sort of conspires to bring us. I know, exactly. Mm. So it's, I'm so thrilled that you're here on my podcast so we can talk about, you know, Ayurvedic skincare and the perspective of Ayurveda. But before we jump into all of that, I really want to know more about you, Lisa. You know, tell me about your story. Tell me about your childhood, whatever you would like to share with us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell you about my childhood. I could talk for forever, but I'll tell you the story of how I got started with Sahajan. And I think that'll offer some context. So I grew up, you know, we're, we're both, you know, daughters of South Asian parents. And I joke, like they're probably still desperate for for me to call and say, you're right. I should have gone to medical school. (laughs) But, you know, I, I grew my career. I worked in the pharmaceutical industry in smaller biotech and bigger pharma and did some consulting as well. And there was one day I came home and my daughter, who was almost three at the time, She'd gotten into my skincare when I wasn't home. So she had it all over her face and her arms and everything, super, super thick, the way that kids put things on. And I remember in that moment feeling so many emotions, like feeling like, oh my gosh, she's so cute because we always think that of our kids. Um, mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, oh my God, it's like a million dollars on your face. And I remember <laughs> thinking... Literally. Yeah, literally. And right. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you've got to take that off your skin. Like I have no idea what the ingredients or chemicals or anything in my skin skincare are going to do to her young, beautiful skin. And I think 
you know, one of my lessons as a mother is I, you know, I've certainly tried, you know, to live a, a life that, you know, I sort of follow the 80-20 rule around health and wellness, but like, you know, with, with my daughter is much more meticulous. And so I remember going up to her and saying like, you can't play with these things. They're not good for you. And I took her to her room and there were these little bottles that my parents had brought from India. And I remember saying to her, like, if you want to play with things, these are the things that you play with. And it was wow. in that moment where I looked at these things that I obviously trusted, you know, partially, obviously, because they were given to me from my parents, but they were ingredients that they would have used on me as a child, things that their parents would have used on them. And it was in that moment that a number of things came into my world. One was that if my skincare isn't good enough for her, and it certainly isn't good enough for me. And if I wasn't comfortable, you know, not having turned the packaging to the back and reading what's in there and just buying it from the front because it said anti-wrinkle or anti-fatigue or any of those types of things, you know, I needed to do some work, but it really sent me on a journey, which is these are the things that I really trusted. Why had I walked away from them? And, and it's amazing that journey, right? Because that I think you, you and I have some similar stories in that, in that world and that, you know, I was raised in a house of science in some ways, you know, my parents were very directed in terms of their vision of what I would do with my life. And, and that led me to a science degree and, you know, a, an MBA, and then eventually back into the pharmaceutical industry, because like an evidence-based approach was, you know, sort of the, the world or the narrative or the training at, that, that I had experienced through my life. But it was in that moment that I came back and said, oh my gosh, like, what do I really believe in? And what I had perceived to be family tradition. So I kind of thought, oh, my parents did these things because they were Indian. You know, right. we put turmeric <laughs> on a pimple because I'm Indian. They oiled my hair because it was Indian. And what I didn't appreciate was that it was quite steeped in the science. And that's the science of Ayurveda. And as I did more research, you know, I learned so many things. And, and you know, one of the things that I learned, my parents are from Kerala, the southernmost state in India. And it's the epicenter of Ayurvedic research and study. And so for them, we didn't use the word Ayurveda growing up. It was just what they did. It was what you did when you had a stomach ache. It was what you did. And even the philosophies, like it wasn't just about the food and the potions and elixirs and ingredients, but it was the lifestyle. I know I can remember my dad always saying the best way, I was a night owl and I would always stay up studying and he would always say the best way to study is to go to bed early and wake up early. Even if you have to wake up at 4.30 or 5, like he always had these philosophies and, and I just perceived them to be him. But what I realized is that they were steeped in Ayurveda. So it was in that journey that I became really motivated to one, you know, there's this beautiful 5,000 year old time-tested science, you know, this, this ancient tradition of medicine. And that also contained these beautiful skincare recipes. And I was like, I want to bring them forward to people. And I want to bring them forward in a way that they can realize they can get their best skin from it. And, you know, with my more formal training, you know, being sort of the the pharma nerd that I was at the time, I was like, I think the reason people haven't moved here yet, they haven't moved to asking themselves about clean skincare or, you know, in, in concept, they're like, yeah, I should go clean, but is because they didn't believe that it worked. And so that was really my mission was to create a skincare line based on this ancient science that I believed in, that I believed to really be the sort of gateway to wellness and, and prove it and modernize it and use modern science as the backbone. And so that came the mission. And, and so we worked with two Ayurvedic doctors in Kerala on the formulations. Uh, you know, there's a pharmaceutical chemist who created the original collection and we made sure everything went through like regulatory rigor. 
And I actually didn't realize at the time that you can start a skincare line and not do any sort of proper, like a formal submission like you would with pharma. So I remember in the process, I was like, so when do we submit all of our, and they were like, what are you talking about? And so, you know, we did some extra due diligence there. And, you know, as the brand has grown, you know, with some of my um, favorite or best-selling products, we did clinical trials on them relevant cosmetic trials, but we did them because I, I knew them to be correct and time tested says a lot, but you know, sometimes we need that rigid science behind it as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much to unpack. I mean, first of all, just listening to your story there, I I literally feel like you're talking about me because so many of the things that you're talking about, it was my experience growing up as well. Um, you know, I came back to Ayurveda because I got sick, but Still, I kind of didn't realize the beauty of what I had grown up with because it was just the way our parents did things. That's exactly that. We just ate that way. They just said you don't eat certain things at certain times of the year. And you're like, okay, all right, that's just the way we do things. You know, Um, I never really questioned it because I was so focused on sort of assimilating really into American culture. I mean, you're Canadian, but you know, absolutely. Like I always joke with people like coconut oil wasn't cool back then. (laughs) Like it is now. Do you know what I mean? Like I remember saying to my dad, like, and my dad was into the, you know, we were raised Catholics, but was very much integrated and also the spirituality. And he practiced yoga when we were younger. And I remember saying to him, like, uh, in grade six, I had a sleepover and I was like, just be a normal dad. Like right. you know, meditating in the morning, no letting candles in the morning, just make pancakes like everybody else's dad, you know, and that was such an important piece. And I think trying to assimilate kind of made you think like those things are, are, are odd. Whereas now, like, you know, I have friends who have no, you know, are not South Asian, not Indian, not Sri Lankan, you know, anything in their heritage and they're doing these things with their children. And, you know, I watched my daughter and my son in elementary school and watching, you know, their their teachers teach them how to breathe. It's, it's wild. Right. So, you know, what struck me about what you said about your, your story with your daughter of sort of that aha moment of like, why am I putting this stuff on my face? I won't let my daughter put it on her face, mm-hmm. but you had all these skincare products that you were using all through childhood, probably into teenagehood, you know, until you left home or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Why did you actually move to using other skincare products? Like, were you having skin problems or like, what was the reason that you did that? I think it was like, I'm going to call it assimilation, but I think it was, you know, you sort of grow up and your parents oil your hair and then you're like, I don't want to look oily. Your parents like (laughs) put turmeric on your skin and you're like, okay, that's cool. But like, I don't want that either. And so you start going to the drugstore and buying, you know, whatever I was, you know, I I was a big fan of clean and clear in high school. And so you just start buying what's available. And I think even my parents were kind of like, okay, you know, in some ways I I liken it. And and this is maybe a bit of a stretch, but you know, our mothers may have heard, you know, you have to give your kids formula. And so you sort of buy into that. And so I think, you know, in the same way, I was kind of like, this is what's right. It's what's in the drugstore. It's what I should be using on my skin. And I had really stepped away from that stuff. But my dad, my dad is an interesting character because in some ways my, my parents had opposite roles in our house. And so my dad would sometimes like, oh, like, you know, if I was stressed out, I had to do like chant. And if I, but some days he would like, I remember he would make masks for us and we would hate it, but he would do it. And he'd be like, trust me, you're going to be happy when you're older that I did this. And, um, you know, he, he always tried to bring us back there. Wow. And so 
it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because I still believe there's some merits in uh, there are so many merits in some in some of the products and things that are out there, but it's knowing when and knowing how and and knowing what's right for you. Yeah, exactly. And I and I love that you know you're so open about the fact that you were just assimilating into you know, this culture that you were in, because I think the same thing happened to me. You know, many people will ask me, well, you grew up with Ayurveda. Why did you never think about just doing that? Why were you, why were you so focused on going to medical school? Mm -hmm. And I said, it was the same thing. You know, my parents came here with nothing. They wanted us to get educated, me and my younger sister, get the highest degrees you can. I wanted to go into a helping profession and I set my sights on med school. And then it was sort of like, I never considered anything else. I, I mean, that's the honest truth. And I didn't come back to it till I had a reason to, in, in essence. You know? I hear you. And that's that weird thing about being like first generation is that our parents, you know, I think if I had come home and said to my parents, I've decided to be an Ayurvedic practitioner, or I've decided to be a yoga yeah. instructor. They would have like hit their heads, you know, like would have been like, what is not what we came here for? Like yep. we came for you to be like, you yep. know, whatever it is, a doctor, a lawyer, a captain of industry, you know, and that's, and that's part of, I think their, their immigrant dream, but it, it is amazing that we, we don't speak it, but it, there, there comes a circumstance that brings us back to it. And it's funny because my mom, this was a number of years ago. Um, I started, particularly when I started the brand and I started getting deeper into Ayurveda, I started saying to them more, will you cook for me? Cause I was busy. I had two kids at right. home. I was still working. Uh, when I started this and, um, and my mom saw me pack my lunch and she said, you can't take that to work. It's going to smell like Indian food. And I was like, <laughs> that was the world we lived in yep. right? when we were younger. She made a cheese sandwich every day. And so I said, the, you know, mom, the world's changed. Like people like come up to my food now and they're like, oh my gosh, that looks like it's so tasty. And so we, we, as a Western society have also come to this place where we're really embracing all things, Eastern, Indian, Ayurvedic you know, we want to taste it, we want to smell it, we want to experience it. And so it's created, I think, a path for us to also say, yes, that's who we are. Yeah, I totally mm -hmm. agree. And you know, um, the other thing that really struck me too, is that you come from a pharma background. And now you've decided to, you know, go into making your own skincare line based on Ayurveda. But I love that you are so about really being evidence-based. And I mm -hmm. think that that is actually kind of the beauty of maybe our, both our journeys of sort of falling into going the science route and, and wanting to assimilate into Western culture, but then having this very strong foundation of Ayurveda at home um, and that we kind of have returned to it, but we bring with it that perspective mm -hmm. of, okay, let's show some evidence that this works because, you know, people in Western culture aren't going to just go ahead with it without any evidence. They want to know why, which is, which is valid and, and, and totally okay. And so I think that's sort of the gift and probably what both of us have done is that we've been able to come with that perspective of the, the studies and the data and the evidence to back up what we're talking about and what we're teaching. And I think it's an important message, right? One thing I, I often say to people, especially when I started the brand, there was a lot of education because even five years ago when the brand launched, people would say to me, what, what is Ayurveda? Like they had never heard of it. And one of the important messages I wanted people to understand was it's not in conflict with what I'm going to call Western medicine. Right. And factually, in fact, they can work in concert. And so, and in Kerala, as an example, there's a, there's hospitals where you have Ayurvedic practitioners 
and you know MDs working in the same environment because there's a recognition that they 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 all bring something. And I think we, whether it's in the clean movement or the wellness movement, or we have to really be, um, I think to really have people enjoy and understand, we also have to appreciate that, that these things do come together. And I think you're a a, a fitting example, right? When you meet an MD who's, you know, practicing as a physician and still says this, this is the role that Ayurveda is going to play. I think it's, it's incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, whenever something is based on your personal experience, it has so much more power because you've lived it, you've done it, you you know what the results are. So I really want to ask you a little bit because I know, I know everybody is probably wondering about Ayurvedic skincare and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can talk about Ayurvedic skincare, but I wanted to talk to somebody who is much more of an expert in it in that specific area than me, because you've done a lot of research on it and really thought about it before you created a brand, but you also grew up with it in such a strong way, it sounds like. So tell me, you know, what is your perspective on having healthy skin? So I think the thing, and I love that you use the word healthy skin, because I think the goal with skincare, and I think, you know, being now part of the skincare industry, the goal is not perfection. The goal is radiant. Mm. The goal is healthy. And I think we have to be able to embrace that, right? I, when we first started conceiving of the brand, one thing I said to people is, I just want to nurture people's skin and their, all of these things to make it, it, you know, their best, their best, not my best, not a conventional idea of what best is, but just their best. And, and in Ayurveda, the, you know, the, the real key concepts are, you know, one, that your skin is a reflection of your health. And there's an interesting piece that says your skin is also a mirror of the mind. And so when you think about it, Ayurveda is an interesting practice because one, it's, it's a practice that actually says you should nurture your outer, outer beauty and not meaning it in a, in a superficial way. Like you've got to be, you know, have perfect skin and be super hot or anything like that. Right. But it's more this idea that one, it's a reflection of your health. And so if you're healthy inside, it's going to reflect in your skin and healthy inside is like, is your gut healthy? Is your mind healthy? that's going to reflect in your skin. And then the other piece is that our skin and our bodies are the house of the soul. And so it's like, it's like, you know, I often liken it to, you know, in, in, in Indian culture, you, you clean temples, you, you go and visit cemeteries and clean graves because you're, you're beautifying this outer thing, you know, this outer shell that contains the most beautiful thing in it. And so, so it is our responsibility in some ways to, to treat that, that, that outer shell, that, that, that temple that houses the, the soul very well. Wow. I have to take that in. That's so beautiful. I haven't heard someone quite say it that way about the skin specifically, the body as the, you know, the container for the soul, but sort of that idea that the skin is really the outermost layer of the body, which houses the soul. I've never thought about it that way. So I really love that image. And yeah, you're right. You know, in Ayurveda, you know, the skin is really such, it's the largest organ, first of all, just in in medicine and modern science, it's the largest organ of the body. And they knew that in Ayurveda because so many of the the practices for um, cleansing, for Mm -hmm. detoxification involve the skin, right? The largest organ. Because that's sort of the idea that your your skin is constantly 
releasing toxins and taking in nourishment, right? So I think this idea of, you know, both, you know, that your health is reflected on your skin, but then your skin also houses everything. So it's like a two-way street almost is what you're talking about. Because I think it's very easy to forget that because we all get so focused on what we're putting on the outside. Yes. So it's more of an outside in sort of perspective. Yes. But I think Ayurveda, what you're saying is that we really need to shift to look at it as both an in to out and an out to in process. Absolutely. I mean, I think the things that Ayurveda teaches us about about ourselves in general, right, is that we're digesting everything. And, you know, one of the things that I love that Ayurveda says is it's not like, you know, how the common statement of like, you are what you eat. Ayurveda says you are what you digest. And so even if you think about that in terms of your skincare, like what is your skin digesting um, every day by the things that you're putting on it? But from an inside out perspective, Ayurveda focuses so much on digestion and the gut. You know, I, I, I think it's fascinating that we're now fascinated with gut health, whereas Ayurveda has been fascinated with it since the beginning, right? And so if, you, if you're not having healthy digestion, that means you're going to have a, you know, buildup of toxins. You're going to have all of these issues. You're going to have issues. And so that's going to show itself. And that can show itself again in, in anything from, you know, stomach issues, but it, it reflex, but it's also going to show itself in redness on the skin, in eczema, in acne. And so that buildup of toxicity is going to show itself some way and it's going to reflect itself some way. So, you know, as if we look at Ayurveda holistically in the skin, it's like we do need to start thinking about what we put in ourselves and our skin will reflect it really well. And then we need to, you know, add the nourishment on top. Like I kind of feel like in some ways, even the products that we've created, I think that they're amazing. And I'm so honored when people say like, you you know, my redness has gone away. My this has gone away. And I'm always like, perfect. Like that's what we wanted. But I also hope that like you're sleeping, you're doing all of these other things that are going to help keep that consistent. Right. Because yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a two-pronged approach. You have to really think about both things, right? Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting because anytime that someone comes to me with any kind of a complaint or challenge with their skin, right? Whether it's redness or acne or psoriasis or eczema, I start asking them a lot of questions that have nothing to do with their actual skin. And I actually don't ask them about what they're putting on their skin first. I ask them all the other questions first, because it's exactly that, you know, in Ayurveda, we're also trained to think this way. And this is part of the whole science of, of Ayurveda, again, is that all the other stuff is what's most important. That's where you always start. You always start with the digestion, the elimination, the toxins. That's our starting point in Ayurveda. And then we move from there to look at everything else. And so I think that you are really, you know, bringing up such a, an important point, um, which I just really want to double click for people to really, you know, think about that. And um, so let's talk about this from your perspective you know, specifically for the skin, because I can talk about all kinds of, you know, tips and ideas for healthy skin, but what are your, let's say three, because I know Mm -hmm. we have so much to talk about, but (laughs) (laughs) what are your three top tips to really have that healthy skin from the inside out? Yes. That, you know, there's, and, and I'm, I'm going to put like a little disclaimer is the right word or PSA to say that you don't need to 
go deep into Ayurveda to do any of this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to give you three tips that I feel like, you know, have helped me significantly, but have also are, are also pretty easy. And the first one is drinking warm fluids and drinking warm liquids. And so, and the reason why I say that is so Ayurveda likens digestion to a fire. And so they often like poetically compare digestion to a fire. And so what's interesting about, about Ayurveda is they say, you know, you need to have warm fluids moving through your body. And I don't know if you were the same, like when I was a kid, my parents always kept water at room temperature because they used to tell me it was better than cold water. And I never had a concept of why. And, and the best parallel I can give to people is like, if you've had, I don't know, a slice of pizza or something on your plate, and you know, you've got a little bit of oil on the plate, you've had anything that's kind of been greasy. What do you use to clean it? You don't use cold water, you use hot water, because you know that that Mm. hot water is going to break down the fat that's sitting there on your plate. And so in that same reasoning, Ayurveda believes that you need to have these warm fluids going through your body so that it helps move along these toxins. It helps break down the foods that are within your system. And then what's interesting about it is I'm going to take away from sort of that perspective and say, like, when I moved to hot drinks, I never actually used to drink hot. Like, I never used to drink tea and and different things like that. But I now really love drinking warm drinks because it actually feels nourishing as well. There's something to be said, you know, and and I enjoy working out. And I used to, you know, like, you know, when you're when you're really hot and you drink like a really cool drink, but there's something else to be Mm -hmm. said, actually, when you drink a really warm drink and it just you feel like it's cleansing you. And I have a girlfriend who through the pandemic decided she was going to get healthy. And she ha- she's ever since I've known her, we've been friends for such a long time. She's always had eczema. She's always had kind of drier skin. And she went through this. Um, she's been working with like a nutritionist and she's been losing weight. And I saw her one day and I was like, you wearing makeup? And she said, no. I said, your skin is incredible. Mm. And she was like, well, it's all the water. And everything that I'm eating. And so it goes to my second one, which is like eat for your skin is, you know, if we think about it, when we think of the things that we look for in, in beauty products, we look for vitamin C, we look for antioxidants, we look for all of these things, you know, we should be eating with our skin in mind. And I say this to tell people like, again, I am not perfect. Like you will, you know, it's not like every day I'm here and I don't, you know, again, the goal isn't perfection, but it's like, when we start eating things that are great for us and eating in the right way. So like, not eating such heavy meals at night, you know, those little minute changes, you know, eating fresher foods, even if you do nothing else, just get rid of processed foods, you know, as a starter, get rid of things that are in cans, you know, those, you know, that, that are pre-made for you, you will see such a significant difference on your, on your skin because you're lowering the salt, you're lowering the fat, but also again, you're nurturing the digestive fire, you're nurturing the gut health, and so there's, it's all good things that are going to emanate onto the skin. Right. Great. And then the third one that I want to say is that beauty sleep is real. And so, you know, in Ayurveda, they say that sleep is like the mother goddess and they call her the mother goddess because of her ability to restore and rejuvenate. But you and I both know, like from a data perspective, is that, is that that's actually been proven. Like when you sleep, that's when collagen gets produced. And so you need that effective amount of sleep to have collagen production. We know that when you're, when you're sleep deprived, there's not enough time for the blood to circulate through your body. And so that's when your skin starts to look dull and all of those types of things. So, you know, again, when we think of both what Ayurveda and what science tells us, they really align. 
in that way, because Ayurveda says, you know, again, she's this mother goddess and while you're sleeping, she's going to restore you and rejuvenate you and, and, and kind of renew you. And then science says, Hey, by the way, that's absolutely true. And so, and I remember my husband, my husband likes to work out and he had this kind of a chronic arm issue. And he was at the gym one day and this guy walked up to him and I, I I forget what the specific issue was. And he said to my husband, Oh, like, you know, like, you know, you're struggling. And he said, yeah. And he goes, why don't you just sleep eight hours a day for two weeks? And my husband was like, what? And he was like, just sleep for eight hours a day for two weeks and I'll meet you here and tell me what happens. And it was true. It went away. And it was just like your body needs time to repair. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I think those are great tips. I mean, because again, the beauty of Ayurveda is it's in its simplicity, right? I mean, because we try to make everything so complicated, like there's some magic formula that will create you know, beautiful skin or this or that. And it's mm-hmm. really comes down to these very basic things. Mm-hmm. And then the nice thing about Ayurveda is that we can, we can point to, you know, sort of this time tested tradition of 5,000 years and why it works. And then we can also bring in, like you said, the modern science of what we know, why mm-hmm. it works. So mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, this is a comment that I get a lot from students and patients is that it's really that simple. And I'm like, yeah, yeah really? Because is people want you to say like, eat three raisins and yep. four cashews and stand on your head and do all of these 10 things and then everything will be okay. And it's like, yeah. actually, it doesn't even have to be that hard. It's like, exactly. follow your intuition. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for those tips. Those are amazing. <laughs> no Cause problem. I think that those are, mm-hmm. those are great lifestyle tips that I think um, are easy to start with and they're not intimidating, but, um, they also have a lot of power to them. Like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. but I know another question I get from a lot of people is about ingredients, right? We're always hearing about all these ingredients and products, but now that Ayurveda has sort of come into vogue, it's very, very, um, interesting to a lot of people. And there's a lot of Ayurvedic skincare and, you know, um, brands coming out there's all this talk about the ingredients that go into the products. And I think there's Mm -hmm. probably a lot of questions, confusion about what do those ingredients mean? So I was wondering if you could talk about a few of those key ingredients Mm -hmm. that we've used in Ayurveda for thousands of years and why they are so effective. Yeah, it would be my pleasure. So one that I love, um, and we use it in our Nourish Cream Reach formulation and our Radiant Serum is called Gotu Cola. Mm-hmm. The scientific name for Gotu Cola is Centella Asiatica. And um, it's also called Brummy, uh, if you're more familiar with it in the context of it being Brummy. And what's interesting about this ingredient, it's a green, it's like the Indian parsley is a good way to think of it. It's a green leaf. Um, and when we worked with the Ayurvedic doctors and we were specifically looking at something that would help with you want to use the word anti-aging or age defying or, you know, positively aging, whatever you want to call it. That was one of the ingredients that immediately came forward. And the Vedic texts actually identify that as one of the ingredients specifically around aging. And so for context, you know, Ayurveda is what the Royals of India use to stay beautiful and young. And so, you know, this was, this was, you know, as part of their research and their work, they identified this ingredient. And I love it because when I first saw it, I was like, I feel like I've seen this before somewhere. And our chemist, our pharma chemist was like, you have because it's been used in the past in scar creams. So in over-the-counter scar creams, you sometimes sometimes see its use 
because it's been proven to stimulate the production of collagen and it's often used in wound healing. So, oh, you know, if wow. you've had Ida C-section for an example, and if you go and buy, you know, a post-surgery, you know, cream to, to heal a scar, you, depending on the cream, it might have gluten in it because it's specifically been researched for wound healing. And why? Because it has this incredible action to stimulate the, the production of collagen. So to me, that it's like Amazing. an Ayurv, it's this incredible Ayurvedic ingredient. I mean, I've now, because sometimes we do demos and stuff, like we can go pick up the fresh plant wow. and it's incredible. And I just want to like bathe in it. It's, it just, it feels so, it's, it has this incredible thing. So that's one that I love. Obviously one that everyone is, is more familiar with is turmeric. Um, and we talk a lot about turmeric and in Ayurveda, both in, in taken internally, but also for the skin, for the skin, you know, turmeric is an antioxidant. What it's most known for is for its ability to both detox and brighten. And so, you know, the Ayurvedic recipe, if you were to go to an Ayurvedic doctor and say, I have hyperpigmentation, I have dark, dark spots, I have our acne scars. Mm-hmm. And they would say, okay, well, the Ayurvedic recipe is actually turmeric, holy basil. And then they would normally say something like a smashed papaya or a smashed pineapple. And the reason is because you get those fruit acids and they're going to exfoliate the skin. And that's, and that's actually the base of our brightening mask. And then we put some hemp seed oil just to help balance any redness from using those fruit acids. Um, but, you know, turmeric has this incredible ability to, to detox, to brighten, to really help to, to elevate the skin and, I, and to help support the structure of the skin. And so that's one, you know, when people think of Ayurveda, usually when I'm trying to make a connection for someone, when they've never heard of it before, the first thing I say is turmeric, turmeric latte, golden milk. Like I try and yeah. pull it all together. Right. And so turmeric is obviously a natural one. And then a third one, I think that I would look to would be moringa. Um, really? Moringa oil is a beautiful oil. And so moringa oil um, is also from India. It is also a green plant. And the reason why I love it is it can be used in multiple ways. So it's like brimming with nutrients. I think it has like 90 plus nutrients. It has like five or six vitamins in it. But what's been interesting about Moringa, so it's amazing for the skin. Even if you just use the Moringa oil as a base on the skin, it's pretty incredible. Um, we use it in our beauty oil as sort of the main oil that, that roots that oil. But also what I love about it is it's been proven to have like an anti-pollution cleansing benefit if used in a certain form. So in developing countries, they can put moringa seeds into dirty water and it actually helps to pull the toxins out of the water so that people can drink them. So what they've been able to show cosmetically is that it has this incredible anti-pollution cleansing benefit. So if it's used in a cleanser, if it's used in a toner, if it's used in anything that's sort of pulling, you know, like cleansing, again, purifying the skin, it will help to pull pollution out, which is, you know, if you're like, if you're someone who doesn't wear makeup, and even if you do, like, you know, if you're living in an urban center, the World Health Organization says 90% of us live in overpolluted areas. And so we have pollution sitting on our skin all the time and we don't even realize it. My sister, I always laugh when my sister doesn't wear makeup. She's like the ultimate natural beauty. And I had to bug her to clean her, to wash her face. And she was like, I don't don't wear makeup. You know, like I just sprinkle some water and I'm like, no, because you're out and about all day, you know? And so you need to cleanse. And so I love Moringa because it has this like multi-pronged ability. And it's a really, it's a pretty incredible ingredient. Wow. I just learned so much. That's amazing. I mean, I have a newfound appreciation. I mean, you know, again, I can read about these ingredients and I have read about them, but to get your perspective of 
what the plant looks like, you know, what you researched and making the connection between these Ayurvedic herbs that have been around again for 5,000 years that are, that are referenced in the Vedic texts, right? And then bringing it to, this is what you see in pharma in a wound care cream. Yeah. That is incredible to me because, you know, I often think about the fact that all of the, the, um, the ingredients that are put into drugs, you know, mm-hmm. in pharma, mm-hmm. what are they based on? They're based on plants. They're based on the chemical structures, the biochemical organic uh, chemical structures of what was in plants. And so of course we're going to find those ingredients mm-hmm. from 5,000 years ago, now being put into these medications, you know, either oral or external topical uh, medications that are going to be the same. So yep. thank mm-hmm. you for making that connection. That's amazing. Oh, my pleasure. My husband. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I know I could talk about this stuff, but it's what I, in the same way, what I find fascinating is that the actual Vedic texts talk about these ingredients. So yeah. it really, it, sh- it shows us that there's so, that there's such a rich ability there to unlock again, beautiful skincare, but also different things in our wellness. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. It's amazing. I'm blown away. Um, okay. So I was wondering if, you know, you were developing this, this product line for a while, but you, you did reference when you were telling us your story about your, um, about growing up with your parents, that they were making these masks and these things at home for skincare and hair care. Can you share like a DIY recipe with us that you've oh, for done? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And it's funny because I, I, I think the instant one that people always think is like a DIY turmeric mask, right? That's like I'm going to mm-hmm. make some turmeric with something. But one that we used to do at home, and I will admit that I didn't love the smell when I was a kid, was <laughs> my dad used to do a mask with. So this, this mask is going to work. You know, won't work if you're vegan. We can think of something else. But is an egg white and yogurt mask. And so, you know, and in Ayurveda, yogurt and dairy is used in, in lots and lots of different ways. But if we think of it from like, again, a scientific perspective, yogurt contains zinc and it contains lactic acid, which we know eases inflammation and helps to exfoliate. So yogurt has this incredible ability. And so when you massage, if you just were to massage plain yogurt on your face, it's going to help to remove dead skin cells. It's going to tighten pores. It's going to help to minimize the appearance of fine lines. It's going to hydrate. Um, obviously you're not putting strawberry yogurt or blueberry <laughs> yogurt. This is plain yogurt. You're not uh, picking up your favorite flavored yogurt. And then egg, they help to improve the skin texture. So, you know, they egg whites contain albumin, which you probably know. And it's a simple form of protein that helps to tighten the pores and also helps with excess oils. So very, very easy mask. Again, for someone who who's willing to use these two ingredients. So is not vegan is, you mix two egg whites, two tablespoons of plain yogurt, mix it together, put it on your face, leave it on seven minutes, 10 minutes, you know, wash off with warm water and uh, maybe it's like a cool rinse and, and you'll, you'll feel the difference. And what you find with egg white on your face is it actually, you almost feel it tightening. You feel a sense of tightening. Yeah. yeah. Have you done it yeah. before? Of course. I mean, I, but I don't remember the recipes. My yeah, grandmother it's... used to make them. Do you remember? Your, yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's like and it would feel all tight and, and it would like, feel all tight on your skin. Yeah. So the yogurt makes it feel less tight, also because I think my dad used to just do eggs when we were young, and it was like tight, tight, tight. 
but it's a really good one and really easy because, you know, sometimes you have to go find like sandalwood powder, like you don't need to do any of these things. Like most kitchens, you know, again, depending on your, on your diet, have yogurt and egg and it's a great DIY. Amazing. Do you have one more that you can share that might be okay for people who are vegan? Yeah. I mean, an easy one would be, and I have to think of my proportions, but you could do turmeric, sandalwood powder, chickpea flour, and then you can add either plain water or rose water. And that's a beautiful combination as well. So again, the turmeric, the one thing you have to know when you're using, you know, the kind of the powder turmeric that you're cooking with is that it will stain. So just be conscious of like what you're wearing when you're doing it or, you know, if it's going to get onto your counter. But again, that turmeric one, it helped to brighten the skin, which is really incredible. Sandalwood powder is also really good for hypopigmentation. And because we're talking about two powders, they're going to help with exfoliation as will chickpea flour. And then the addition of the rose water is a really yeah. nice touch just to help to freshen the skin. So amazing. It's a, yeah, it's a really beautiful one. Okay, so I will make sure that I get the exact recipes from you of the proportions. And yes. we will make sure that we put a link in the show notes to those recipes for all the listeners. Mm-hmm. Cause I know everyone's thinking, wait, what was that recipe? What, was what, it? what do I have to do? <laughs> what were those so I, yeah. I promise you, we will have a link in the show notes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. Um, oh my gosh, my pleasure. You know, I, those are, those are fun things to do at home. And it just, again, I love how you broke it down by, you know, the different ingredients that are in our kitchens and why they work. Because again, you know, nature is so intelligent. It provides us with all of these medicines, right? It Um, does. Yeah. So it's amazing. Okay. So I could keep talking to you and keep asking you more and more questions, but of course now we're almost at the end of our time. So do you mind staying for just a couple of minutes to do a speed round with me of just yeah. some interesting, fun questions that yes. I always oh like gosh. to ask? I know we're, we're both so like obsessed with Ayurveda. We, we're, we should uh, spice it up. Well, well, we'll have to do another episode. So that's, that's okay. Um, okay. So here we go. So complete this sentence. Wellness is. Life. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is one myth about skincare that we need to change? That it's superficial. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we talked mm-hmm. about at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing is there is like, you know, and I even thought about this when I started the brand, like, am I starting something that, you know, even though it's, it's enjoyed that it's, you know, that it's, it, it lacks depth, but no, if we, again, if we go back to that core about it, housing the soul, I think it's, it's a, it's our responsibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. What is one thing that you're really excited about right now? This is very situational, but I'm going to say COVID reopening. And the reason why I say that is because I'm living in Toronto. Toronto has had, I think, the longest lockdown in North America. We've actually like been locked down since November, since November, and we're talking oh at the end of May. And so, and I don't necessarily need to like go out and like party my pants off, but I look forward to going back to a world, you know, where my kids can participate in activities again. Like we're pretty strict. Like my kids just started seeing people outside last week for the first time in many, many months. And so I look forward to that. I look forward to like, I'm a big, I'm a highly extroverted person and my world and my communities, like, and I use the word community in a kind of in a silly way, but like, that is such an important part of my life. And it's dictated my decisions, both my family and my friends and how I feel about them. Not that they have, but has dictated the way I've lived for so long. Like I've made choices for the business because I wanted to keep that close, you know, 
I've, I've always thought I never wanted to do anything that sacrificed that. And so not having that has been in the same way has been hard. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hard. I, I don't know how, I mean, things are just opening up here again, we're talking at the end of May. And so things are finally starting to open up in in Chicago where I am. So Mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, -hmm. What book is on your nightstand right now? Oh, uh, The Vanishing Half uh, by Britt Bennett. Um, I just started it. But yeah, it's uh, it's a really, really good book. I actually got it because it was one of President, it was on President Obama's book list. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, I've just started it, but it's very good. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a song that you're listening to on repeat right now? Oh my God, you're going to laugh. Um, I am listening to Lauren Hill, like again, this dates me on repeat in the craziest way. I love I've recently downloaded the Peloton app. And one of the first things that came up was like a Lauren Hill, um, play like a Lauren Hill spinning class or whatever. And yeah. so I did it. And now like my kids are like, who is Lauren Hill? Like every time we're <laughs> like, they hear it in the car when I'm washing dishes, like everything yeah. Lauren Hill. And one of the songs that I loved was a, a collaboration she did called if I ruled the world. And they're just, mm-hmm. it was just, I don't know. That album was spectacular. It takes me back. And I know you and I are from a similar age group. It totally takes me back to a certain time in my life. But it was also, she was just, I don't know. There's something about her voice that's so incredibly strong. And I'm the type of person who loves music really loud. And I I just, and uh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren Hill. I'm obsessed right now. And so now the rest of the day, I'm going to be listening to Lauren Hill because I haven't (laughs) heard her in a while. But yeah, she's incredible. I know. I hadn't heard her in years. And now she's back in my life. Amazing. Um, wow. What a great time. So, you know, I feel like this is a good place for us to sort of end. Well, everybody Mm -hmm. will go listen to some Lauren Hill after this podcast, um, you know, to sort of round up our time together. If I offer up the phrase to catalyze healing, what comes up for you? Oh my gosh. It makes me want to spend more time with you. Um, (laughs) I think what comes up is one of the things I've always believed is that we're all somewhere along this journey of wellness. And I feel like I love the business and I love selling skincare, but I, I, I love everything about it, but I, I want to be a part of, you know, what I love most is being able to offer something to someone that is part of that wellness journey. And so I think, you know, if people can take away from your podcast, your book, our skincare, you know, the things that we're doing to promote Ayurveda, an ability to help them accelerate on on their path to wellness. Again, I think that's the biggest gift we could give people and the biggest gift we could give ourselves because I'm always having to remind myself of these lessons Mm -hmm. because um, it's easy for me to slip in stress and COVID and any of those things. Yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Such a pleasure. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way, you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. And if you're feeling really inspired, please leave a review so that others can find this podcast more easily. If you want to learn more, visit me on the interwebs at avantikumarsingh.com, and you can subscribe to my newsletter, where I send exclusive invites to my events, special announcements, and give you more self-healing tools and tips. And if you want to hang out even more with me, I spend most of my time on Instagram. You can find me at Avanti Kumar Singh, and we can connect more there. 
Until next time, remember, with the right catalyst, you have the power to activate your own healing because healing starts within.